0: some one way mirror looking out at the world we're in we are the love we are the
1: love we give i'm shanna covey creator and host of always shine brightly i named this podcast always shine brightly because i believe that is what we are each here to do and in times where we feel we're not shining bright i feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world, despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. Before jumping in, just wanna apologize for today's audio quality. We had a couple technical difficulties, but we're ironing all that out, so future podcasts will sound super nice and super crisp. Please jump in and have a listen because it's still very much worth your while. Today on the podcast, I have my new friend, Danielle DeLeon. Danielle and I just met in person today, but our mutual acquaintance is her boyfriend, Sean, who will be on the podcast next. And when I reached out to Sean to see if he could be on the podcast, he said, hey, if you're looking for more people, my girlfriend's incredible. And he just ticked off all these things. He said, you know, she she was diagnosed with cancer at 15, got through that is the first female drone pilot, which I don't know the technicalities of that, we will get into that in a second. And she teaches yoga, she also is huge on having conscious conversations and spreading information around her own internal journey. And she's worked for HBO and Nat Geo and I was like, yes! yes i want her on the podcast of course i do (laughs) so welcome to the podcast danielle thank you thanks for having me (laughs) yes i'm so excited to jump in today i'm going to see if i can get this straight based on the research that i've done you're a multi-passionate entrepreneur so let me see if i can name each of the things (laughs) you're a videographer and that includes like editing taking the pictures this is where the drone piloting comes in because that's how you're capturing the footage for a company, Eyes in the Sky, Bird's Eye, eye big, big Sky. Guy, oh, I had yes. some I had some of it right, which maybe is where Nat Geo and HBO comes into play. Yes. Awesome, awesome. And you've been doing that. What five years ago you started? You co-founded. I started in 14, 2014.
0: Okay. 2014 is when I was brought on as an editor, primarily okay. to manage the videography and photo editing, and then I started flying drones late that year.
1: Oh, that's so cool. We're mm-hmm. getting into that because I know that it's also a high, like a high-pressure, high-performance job because you're not always in ideal circumstances, but you've got a time crunch to get this footage in. And uh, so we're jumping into that in a second. But let me see if I can keep getting all the different things right. You are also a certified yoga instructor and teach here in Kalispell, Montana. That's where we're recording it, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and you also share your personal messages on another page of the of your conscious journey and help like help to uplift people and share in your own journey and you're also teaching others how to become drone pilots correct yep that's you got e- it EQ pilot pilot EQ ah, yeah. okay so close so close am i missing an entrepreneurial endeavor
0: no but everything is huddled into those components
1: Okay, and mm-hmm. so you are a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> in summary. <laughs> in summary, you are a very busy woman, but what I love is like that you're, you're passionate and you're curious and you have an overflow of passion that leads to helping others, which I think is what's leading to teaching other people how to become drone pilots. It's leading to yoga and wanting to teach the things that you're learning in your own journey. So a lot of times what happens, what I see occur in a spiritual journey or a journey of awakening, I'm not sure what your words are that you would use, um, is that there's, there can't, especially when it happens so early, you're young, you're 20, 27, 27, 27 mm-hmm. to me, that's young, you're young. But your journey, I believe again as a teenager, probably as one of the major catalysts was on the diagnosis of the cancer diagnosis. So maybe we start there, like wh- who was Daniel before that? Who was Danielle after that?
0: Yeah, so a couple years prior to me being diagnosed with cancer, I had some family drama and friction come up and I was pulled away from my family, went to children's shelter for two weeks, was in a foster home for six months, and then lived with my father in California for six months after that before moving to Montana. And my family was kind of pulled apart during that experience. I lost a lot of trust for people in general and became really closed off in many ways. Not only was I closed off to new experiences and new things, but I felt like I was stuck, Mm -hmm. like there was no opportunity for me, Mm -hmm. and that I felt a real resistance to chasing my passions or even identifying what they would be. Mm -hmm. And then I fortunately moved up to Montana with my family and within a few months I was diagnosed with cancer. I had uh, stage four non-Hodgkin's mm. lymphoma. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is one of the more responsive types of okay. cancer you could get, okay. but it was in a very progressed state. Right. So we went in and they took, I had some bumps in my neck and they said, let's, we're going to take a biopsy of those bumps, figure out what it is. And so February 8th, of 2008 was when I found out I had cancer okay. and that was when you know I went to an oncologist he handed me two pamphlets one saying radiation the other saying chemotherapy and I had zero idea of mm-hmm. what that meant right and it's not like I felt different because I had had the cancer with me all along and right didn't, didn't necessarily have a certain level of consciousness about it um, but I what, what about the emotional reaction to it, like learning it? Well, I just started to realize like my life is about to change. Like right. I saw down the road that like you know I was like thinking about all the things I know about cancer. Okay, does this mean I'm going to be weak? Does this mean I'm going to have to shave my head? Does mm-hmm. this mean I'm going to be able to keep up with school? Like wh- you know I wasn't really sure how that was going to impact me. So as Things moved forward. I was really blessed to have a nice support group around me. I had a best friend at the time named Kristen who went to every chemotherapy treatment Aww, with me. Yes. And essentially they were they required you to take twelve treatments. Okay. Here in Montana, I was a little bit of a guinea pig because normally if your white blood cell count gets too low, they don't administer the treatment and they wait until that blood count gets back up
1: to get your immunity up
0: right Mm -hmm. but they wanted to keep administering they said regardless of what your white blood cell count goes we want to keep administering and see what happens essentially and so i was the second person in the state of montana for them to test this with okay um it went wonderfully successfully Mm -hmm. my cancer was completely gone by my fourth treatment out oh, good. of 12 okay but they said that they wanted me to keep going and okay that I had to finish the cycle okay so I ended up shaving my head during my uh, must have been my fifth treatment mm-hmm. my hair like was significantly falling out I had really long hair cut it short by my third treatment and then shaved it by my fifth. And every treatment, I had two weeks between every treatment. Okay. I was administered the treatment on Friday and couldn't go to school on Monday because I was still recovering. Right. And as soon as I started going back to school, I couldn't even physically keep up. I was mm-hmm. winded walking mm-hmm. up a flight of stairs and mm-hmm. so it was very difficult as a teenager when I was trying to find my group, find right. people I could connect with, it was just And deal with this. (laughs) Right, and (laughs) deal with this and go to school and maintain that it was just not possible. So I felt a really big disconnection from people around me that were my age. Right. But fortunately, my mother, she was doing a lot of her own spiritual work at the time, um, and she was a huge catalyst of getting me into a more spiritual mindset, of Mm -hmm. understanding that everything happens for a reason. Okay. And sometimes we might not see that initially, But if you have that faith and you open up to observing what's happening in front of you and looking at the good in life, then you can start to see these things pop right. up. And you know, I still tell people to this day that cancer is gonna make you or break you. Yeah. It is gonna be such a heavy experience that it pulls you down and it feels like it is a detriment to your life. Or you're gonna see how it builds you up, right. brings that reflection, brings that focus of self-awareness mm-hmm. through the process. Right. So it was a big, big catalyst for me to at least shift my thinking and shift my focus a little bit more inward to feeding my goals through life.
1: I think that's so powerful. I think that's the opportunity that lies in every catalyst and that you, thankfully, are someone who took it and utilized it to come more into a soul orientation, more into a more eternal perspective, a more um, conscious perspective, everything. I mean, you. there are so many different types of catalysts. like. Imagine that the one that you were dealing with is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to Everything's happening for a reason everything. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you Like those are things I say and those are things I believe but it's another thing to be met with it when the rubber meets the road and that's so powerful that but that's what you did and that you, you took it that way and you absorbed it and you grew and now you're overflowing with sharing that process with others. I did as I you know I had to prepare for my for this podcast, I did go through Facebook posts and look at that and I remember one where you were sharing that exact same thing about cancer is gonna make you or break you and I I kinda like looked through the comments a little bit and I thought that you handled the comments so well because I'm sure like, people, it can be a triggering situation and you're the best person to be able to say it having been in that situation. And I think that you handled like, I don't know, there was like fear-based comments and I think you handled them very well to help at least offer that perspective whether they choose it or not. You did such a great job with utilizing your journey and your, your stabilized energy to help in those moments. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Hope to encourage.
0: You know, yes, life will bring you down, and if you want to focus on the negative, it gets really tough at times. And it was kind of this. I didn't have an option. I didn't want to be sad. I didn't mm-hmm. want to feel heavy. I didn't want to feel like crying every day. Right. Know? I didn't want it to to break me and go through that experience because it was such a heavy experience right. when I let it. So. Right.
1: And I think that's powerful. I think it's powerful that you saw your choice in that. Yeah. And that I think a lot of people get swept away not even recognizing the choice. And then when someone's even trying to reach in and help and show a choice, it's almost, there's they've become identified with the pain and the sure. suffering that, that there's not a lot of a window there. And so it's it's just so beautiful. To, I, I know it was a soul thing and it was meant to. And now you're taking that and you're sharing it. And what I love too is like, to me in the sense of like, seeing who you are, reading your posts, and I feel like I got to know a lot just because you're sharing your energy through your posts. I feel like you're an extremely strong person. <laughs> I feel like you're an extremely strong, you have a powerful energy. Um, I don't know, was that you as a kid or was that you like, because you had to go through this?
0: Definitely I had a certain power when I was a kid. Like mm-hmm. my mother used to always tell me when I was younger, use your inside voice because I just had this booming mm-hmm. voice. You know, I was constantly talking, projecting, mm-hmm. very social, but it wasn't until I got older that I had much more confidence mm-hmm. in myself to talk, mm-hmm. to communicate, to share myself in right. many ways.
1: Has that been um, have you how how free have you felt in the journey of sharing yourself? Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is, like, the things that you had to face in the cancer diagnosis, did that just free you to just be like, everything's minimized? Or was there still a process of feeling that freedom and showing up on social media and being like, this is me, this is what I believe, and doing it from this place of wanting to help others. So I think so many people can get trapped in like, yeah, I think that way, but I don't know what they're going to think. If I show up, am I going to be thought this way, am I going to be thought that way? Yeah,
0: I was still on a journey, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, experience at least re- it shifted my trajectory. Mm-hmm. It shifted my focus, but there was still this question of what was I going to do with that? What was you know I had at least an identification of my power and that mm-hmm. I had been given an incredible experience to jump from mm-hmm. but I didn't know where I was headed still at that point in time. Right. It wasn't until I started practicing yoga really back in 2012 Okay. and that was the catalyst. That okay. was what gave me a different sense of being mm-hmm. and that was what really shaped my awareness. Mm-hmm. As I went through cancer, I started to question why I got it. Mm-hmm. and Doctors couldn't tell me. They said, it's we don't know. It's not necessarily in your family line. Um, it seems like you have like support around you. It doesn't seem like it could be anything directly coming to you. We just don't know what it is. And I was like, well, there's got to be something. Mm-hmm. And I started to do research and just learning about, number one, the value of diet, mm-hmm. number two, positive mentality. Mm -hmm. What does thinking do to your physical health? And as I started to learn about those things, it really gave me some empowerment to make those adjustments. And as I look back, I can see there was absolutely this compiling of lots of sugar in my diet, Mm -hmm. being closed off, not trusting people, not managing my emotions Mm -hmm. effectively, that definitely created and cultivated cancer within me and i started to become aware of that and just dug 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 and dug for more research Mm -hmm. as i practiced yoga that was more i went in initially for the physical support Mm -hmm. i had gone through a couple of car accidents over the span of a year and a half okay and i was going to a chiropractor at the time and eventually i was thinking to myself, how am I going to become self-sufficient? Like I, I value my nerves that are laced through my spine. Mm-hmm. I, I won't, don't want to have any compression that might uh, retract that connection in my body. You know, my chiropractor told me that only five percent of your nerves that lace through your spine actually feel pain. The rest are connected to muscles, they're connected to organs, they're connected to your brain. Oh, wow. So, even if you don't feel pain and you have some sort of physical compression going on, that communication could be stifled, whether you feel it or not. Mm-hmm. And so, I had this value of my spine and maintaining my physical well being in mm-hmm. that sense. And so, I was going to him for a while and I started to ask, How can I become more self sufficient? I started to feel this kind of Stagnant place. I, I didn't know where I was kind of heading. What did mm-hmm. I want to do? didn't want to go to sh- I wanted to go to school, but I didn't want to get into debt mm-hmm. You know, I initially had an interest in uh, Psychology, so mm-hmm. I got a small degree in psychology with mm-hmm. a minor in photography But it was hard to convince myself to push forward in that mm-hmm. and consider getting into
1: debt. No, I think that's smart
0: <laughs> So I held back and I was trying to figure out like what do I do? How do I get to this place of helping people how do I get to this place of sharing these tools with others and also caring for myself
1: right, on top of it right.
0: all? Really being the number one yes. rock in yes. my life is self-care. And so he said, why don't you try yoga? It, you know, Go to a gym and mm-hmm. talk to them and see what you can do. And So I went to a gym in Kalispell and I learned that there's a specific style of yoga called Iyengar yoga. It's the most traditional style that you can practice here in the United States and in the Western culture. Mm -hmm. But it primarily focuses on using props and observing what your joints and your muscles are actively doing in the poses. So it's essentially the PT or physical therapy Mm -hmm. version of yoga. Oh, okay. There's a lot more mindfulness that goes into it, a lot more support. Mm -hmm. So I started practicing in that. And after a year, it completely transformed me. I saw that not only was it physically helping me find more stability, but it was mentally becoming this staple in my life that I felt I needed to, number one, find myself, identify myself without getting caught up in the materialistic shimmer of (laughs) life, but then also where do I need to go? What is this path that I need to step forward in? What's my next step in life? And it helped me get that awareness for myself. So about a year in, Uh, they were having a teaching course, and my teacher said, look, you get this stuff, Mm -hmm. you need to go into the mentoring program, Mm -hmm. just come to the mentoring practice classes, see what you think, and then maybe it'll be time for you to start teaching and attempting to teach. So that was like the beginning of me finding my voice. As I started to teach, uh, the style of yoga is different than a lot of other classes because normally if you go into a yoga class, the teacher is practicing with you, walking you through it, and it's essentially a guided practice. Okay. But with Iyengar yoga, the instructor shows you, mm-hmm. demonstrates, and then you do it as a group. Okay. And so there's these breaks in it, so you get to look at the teacher, there's specific points on mobility and how you hold yourself that they're mm-hmm. looking to emphasize, and you know then you get to build on that. The teacher will usually give a correction mm-hmm. or come and give you an adjustment, to help clarify what Mm -hmm. the work is to be done. So that's where I found my voice, was really getting that communication. Mm -hmm. What am I communicating to my students? How do I effectively communicate without overwhelming? Oh, that's such
1: a key thing.
0: Such a key thing. Mm -hmm. And that became a huge piece of me, number one, finding my voice, but then number two, refining, what is this message I'm trying to share? Mm -hmm. And and how do I effectively share what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. and what I've learned?
1: And now you're doing that not only through teaching yoga classes with people in the four walls of your studio, but you're also doing it through Facebook, through social media, sharing the messages on your heart as well to help people. And so, what I love is like, I don't always do the physical side of yoga, but just in my spiritual journey, it's more the Eastern philosophy that flows in. And so, I'm thinking like, with the particular yoga you were doing, you're probably getting a lot of the philosophy or spirituality on the like the the direct knowledge side of things and the conscious development side of things too yeah which is just it's just incredible and i think like earlier you mentioned that when you were first understanding the body you were in understanding like maybe why you had re- had the cancer diagnosis that you understood there was a physical component with possible the sugar in your diet and then also the mental emotional wellness component and i think that emotional wellness component is so Powerful for people before, before diagnosis in, enters the picture. That's what we're here to do: is to understand, is to empty out all the the fear-based patterns and thoughts of which lead to the negative emotions. That if people, if what I want to do with this podcast and what I want to do in our conversations is to help draw people to the benefit and purpose of doing that way before a major catalyst comes their way, because it's just going to add value to their life in all these different ways. like peace. Let's tie this into where you are a high performer under pressure and like I'm believing that all of that mindset, the cleaning out of any of these fear-based thoughts, that's got to come in and allow you to be able to perform like i i saw where you went to you had to go to iceland and i mean like it's not like you can go back and take extra shots if you don't get the shots that you need and so you were talking you did a grounding video and you were just sharing like just how you were grounding and it was very fun and very playful and i loved it and so just like talk to me a little bit about like what high, like high performance and things like that and how this is all feeding into that as well and keeping that stress down keeping the body healthy so you're not taken out like like you your body needs to be you have self-care as being so important but you're still i love that you still said you know what my style is still to take on high performance and so yeah i'm going to take care of both i'm going to push the edge here and so share with us a little bit about that
0: yeah well like you're saying like having that mental awareness of what you're putting into your mind and what you're putting out into the world is the catalyst to physical health. right? If I don't Mm -hmm. feel motivated mentally, I'm not going to tune into what I physically need or my diet or how I carry myself Mm -hmm. and things along those lines. So that's number one. Then number two, being able to still our minds, (laughs) being able to still the fluctuations of the consciousness. And this is what yoga is defined as. Yoga chitta vritti narodaha. You're so good at a thing. And it, it translates as, yoga is the stilling of the fluctuations in the consciousness. And as I started to learn that through my yoga practice and through meditation, I didn't feel burdened by my fears, my concerns. Any thought mm-hmm. that could come up could be a, a distraction very easily. Right. But I started to acquire this power of focus. I was able to put my mind into certain experiences, into certain places, and not allow the rest of the world around me to inhibit that focus or to interrupt my focus. Mm-hmm. And that was the number one, I feel, that is the number one practice needed to take on the high performance mm-hmm. work. And. So as I you know, started to work with this drone company, um, I was first taken on as an editor and then started to fly just as a hobbyist. I was a drone racer in a, initially. Okay. I build my own drones and race oh, them wow. as a hobbyist.
1: I didn't even know this was a thing.
0: Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> ESPN has picked really? up the drone racing Oh
1: team. my goodness. So
0: they've played on TV. Yeah. There's literally drone races wow. that play on TV now. <laughs> so it's a sport. It's uh-huh. identified as a sport through that. But... Then when I was able to, I got my commercial license in 2016, and I started to fly for these high-end film productions. Before that, my business partner was taking on a lot of that effort, and I was the camera operator. Okay. So that was where I was on set, I was aware of how it all worked and whatnot, but I didn't really start getting commercially paid until 2016 for that effort. And then, you know, like, just really feeling a lot of pressure. I was 22 at the time. dealing with a nationally recognized drone company, mm-hmm. and I became one of the head decision makers of the company. Oh, wow! So there was a time when I felt, whoa, I'm not equipped for this. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to school long enough. <laughs> I don't have
1: enough <laughs> information. <the> Im- <laughs> all the imposter syndrome stuff started yes, to come. <laughs> all
0: the fluctuations, the worry, the fears, the concerns, they all started to come up. And I felt this huge weight on me, and so I went into this deep practice of, of meditating. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I was very avidly practicing yoga, about three hours a day, and then I really hit hard on my meditation practice if I was feeling overwhelmed, I would literally set that down and go and meditate Mm -hmm. to just get to that place of stilling my mind again Mm -hmm. so I could effectively make decisions so that I wouldn't have these fear-based thoughts interfering Mm -hmm. with my decision-making process, but I could be realistic and optimistic Mm -hmm. and look at the positive in life while I was going through that. So that like just started to kind of spiral and more recently they're looking for female pilots specifically Mm -hmm. since it is such a male dominated industry. Mm -hmm. Only 4% of all pilots in manned aviation and Unmanned aviation oh, wow. or remote control aviation. Only four wow. percent are females. Right and
1: you now. were one of the first drone pilots. Female. I wasn't one
0: of the first oh, okay. drone pilots. Period. Okay. I was one of the first few to fly a large heavy lift system with okay. a virtual reality camera. Oh,
1: okay. I, was I don't. What is that? I give some context. What is this? Is a bit how So big? it's a,
0: called an octocopter. <laughs> okay. It's about like I'd say six feet in diameter, okay. and it can carry up to thirty pounds. you okay pounds of the camera underneath
1: it oh my goodness
0: it's a little bit more complex than the drones you're going to buy at best buy or (laughs) maybe (laughs) online but um it's it's for special camera systems, mm-hmm. and I got pulled on to a film job with Google mm-hmm. and United Nations women. Initially. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and they specifically were seeking a female pilot that could manage this large aircraft, mm-hmm. and I was the only one that <laughs> popped up in the that's United so States cool. for that. That's
1: so cool.
0: So they contacted me, they were like, hey, we want to see if you're available to do this job mm-hmm. for us, this is what we need you to do, we're not finding anyone else. So. What do we need to do to get you on board? Like mm-hmm. we we need you involved yes. in this. And so it was an incredible opportunity. I got to travel to Mexico, Africa, India. Oh my goodness. Got to check out Tennessee, which <laughs> was fun. Yes. And just work with some really empowering women around the world who are. And
1: this was all with the UN gig. This was with so the UN So not women. even other clients. You've gone other places and other things yeah. too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and Google. That was big. Big Google. name was Google. You, yeah, you Google. know, kind of making this connection with United Nations wow. women for me and so that was a huge opportunity i was working with the same female crew for about two months a little less w- what than what was months. the
1: project focused
0: on so the project was fo- it's called courage to question okay and it's a four-part virtual reality series okay they're mini documentaries that last from five to seven minutes mm-hmm. and they all focus on women around the world that are human rights activists Ooh, yes so you can find this on youtube okay you type in courage to question mm-hmm. on and you'll see google's channel pop up. Okay. It's under Google's Ooh, channel. So cool. And they have a trailer. that's uh-huh. the traditional videography, you okay. know, that you would uh-huh. watch on a TV uh-huh. or normally see on YouTube. Uh-huh. But then they have these other four parts that are virtual reality. So it's filmed in 180 degrees and essentially your phone can interact with it. As you shift your phone around, you can see different areas of the video. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, And these women are amazing. Like they're doing incredible things, from fighting child marriage Mm -hmm. to sex slavery to uh, incarceration.
1: Are you familiar with the book Half the Sky? No, I'm not. No, okay, it's okay. Just uh, I wondered if there was a tie-in there because Half the Sky um, focuses on helping in the developing world, changing the poverty cycle, and human activism and um, it would seem like a really good tie-in. But, yeah, know, go ahead, all go incredible ahead. topics, huge, <laughs> yes,
0: huge yes. piece right now, yes. right? For getting people in that mentality mm-hmm. of caring for other humans right. and then also understanding this diverse experience mm-hmm. that so many humans are experiencing, yes. right? We might not see it in our day-to-day life, right. but to come in touch with this concept that there's so many other people mm-hmm. who are dealing with these other restrictions. Right. We really are so blessed a lot oh, of the time yes. in our lives <laughs> yes and we don't see that side of, of the world right but, so yeah that was the, uh, the biggest catalyst and then one of the project managers over at google was recommending me to another company based in canada okay. who had a similar project on their plate but with national geographic
1: okay that's so cool and that
0: was how i got pulled to iceland
1: yeah. oh mm-hmm. okay it was
0: a national geographic and google job and that was one of the bigger ones. For five days I was flying this heavy lift aircraft with a virtual reality camera underneath. But that camera was filming 360 degrees. Oh my goodness. This meant, as a pilot, I couldn't have landing gear on the aircraft. Because oh. the camera had to dangle from the system and not be inhibited visually. Oh wow! So I had to land and take off from a cage that my partner built. And it is basically like threading a needle. Like so innovative. Yeah, very. He's extremely innovative. We call him MacGyver <laughs> because he comes up with the most amazing things. But um, so it really pressed my skill. I started to train on a remote control helicopter simulator just so I could finesse wow. my skill and uh-huh. get sensitive enough and. It tuned me into how I needed to stop drinking coffee. Really? Oh, because
1: you might have been a little Mm. too, or your mind or jitters or both? Both. Okay.
0: It was both mind and the physical nerves that I could feel my fingers like shaking just slightly, Mm -hmm. very subtly, but enough that the aircraft was able to pick up on it. So, yeah, it started to really tune and finesse my, my focus and my practice going through that.
1: And how, like when you're off on these projects for five days, how long are you flying at a time?
0: Oh, man, the truth is the drone pilot like never goes to sleep. Okay. <laughs> you get up, you're prepping equipment, and then you go out and shoot and you come back to you know wherever you're staying and you have to charge batteries for the okay. next day. Okay. One set of batteries takes about 45 minutes on mm-hmm. these larger systems. And so we were out shooting early in the morning to go scout, to fit in time to scout, oh. pick the location, and you're flying a flight's about 15 minutes, Mm. get what you need, come back and land, go to your next location. So it's broken up a little bit, Mm -hmm. but essentially I had three and a half to four hours of sleep each night for 10 nights.
1: Wow. And then you're just going in and out of super intense focus, clarity, high performance, in and out, meaning like you've got it up for 15 minutes, you still have to be in that zone for other decision-making as well. Yes. Like that's, I mean, I, I feel like your path is unfolding, like everything makes sense in retrospect, like twenty, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. And it's like, of course you got really into yoga. Of course that helped you to focus your your mind. Of course that meant this. It's so cool to see the dots connect and where yes. it's unfolding and who knows where it's going next, right. right?
0: It's been incredible. And I started to see, so I started to emphasize some awareness on specifically emotional intelligence. Yeah. And emotional intelligence is, being respected to have more of an influence on our decision making and overall intelligence more so than IQ. In the past we used to think, oh what's your IQ? Yeah. Right? That means you're intelligent or not. Well apparently EQ they're Mm -hmm. finding has much more influence on us. It accounts for fifty eight percent of all decision making in any aspect of your life. And I learned about this and I started to study it. And emotional intelligence is self awareness, social awareness self-discipline and social discipline. So they mm. break it into four different categories which compiles into your EQ. Mm-hmm. As I learned about this and I started to reflect on what was needed to fly these aircrafts and perform to such a high standard, I realized that flying drones and that practice actually increased my emotional intelligence. Mm. Being challenged in that way, mm-hmm. I would Conclude increased my ability to make decisions more effectively. So that's the basis of our training program, and that's why it's called Pilot EQ. Oh. Is we perfect. train flight operations that specialize in crash reduction. Uh-huh. And we hypothesize and are collecting data that states flying drones in a mindful and simulated manner will increase your emotional intelligence.
1: Wow. I love that, and it makes so much sense.
0: It's super exciting I
1: appreciate you saying that (laughs) because whenever
0: I tell people they're like, what? I don't get it. It's not natural to understand that connection Mm -hmm. but since you kind of see where I'm coming from and the background of how the mind works Mm -hmm. and what I've seen with the mind and focus and decision making, yeah, it seems to go hand in hand.
1: Yes, I mean it's even if someone is not drawn to high performance jobs, Emotional intelligence is so important to like what I'm what's in, what's curious is that emotional intelligence I feel like we have more control over it than maybe what your IQ is kind of like maybe genetically tied to but with emotional sure. intelligence That's what we're here. My opinion my spiritual opinion is we're here on this earth to understand to to like increase our, I'm using your words, I'm like putting my words to fly through as well. <laughs> 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 EQ, emotional quotient or emotional intelligence, all ties back to clearing out fearful thoughts. And that is what our spiritual journey is. It's the emptying out of all of that. And as you do that, you come into a more unified movement of, of higher intelligence. In my in my words, would be like flows through source into the world, keeps you attuned in a moment-to-moment basis. And so that is like one application of it is high performance with the with the drone flying and that makes so much sense but it is just also for anybody for anybody like this is so important to clear that stuff out it's going to reduce your stress i mean if you don't have your mind being clogged up with these unnecessary thoughts that take up space take up energy and equate to a heavier density in yourself that frees you that is there is more freedom in that there's peace in that there's Greater decision making. There's everything flows from that in a much more natural way. So to me, I see it all tying together. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And you, you kind of bring up this aspect of number one, ra- being able
0: mm-hmm. to raise your emotional intelligence. This isn't something that you're stuck with. You mm-hmm. can increase this skill, mm-hmm. right? And the second thing that you mentioned was being an expression of yourself. Mm-hmm. And how I've talked about people with that is we all have a very unique creative, soulful mm-hmm. presence mm-hmm. that we're here to share with the world, yes. right? We're each very unique individuals. Mm-hmm. We each have our own way of sharing that, communicating that. But if we're stifled with mm-hmm. this negative thinking or just overall feeling unbalanced, and you know, mm-hmm. you're feeling out of flux because you're spread thin mm-hmm. with all the things you have to do, or maybe you're not fulfilling your yes. ultimate desires in life, mm-hmm. so you feel worn down by constantly doing something you don't have an interest in. right? And I think that that's pivotal to see is that some people feel stuck and don't feel creative, don't feel like they can engage in life Mm -hmm. or even motivated to participate in a lot of new things and experiences. And so I see that managing of energy, managing Mm -hmm. balance within yourself, being the gateway to be a creative expression and a unique expression of your own soulful purpose here on Earth.
1: Agreed. 100%. 100%. And that's what it is. It's about moving stagnant energy and that frees up the real flow of energy from source and however it wants to come through your unique soul blueprint to impress upon the world. And uh, I know we don't have a lot of time with you so I can try, I will start to like wrap it up a little bit but um i'm so thankful for you being on here i think you're doing incredible work in the world i love that you're following your heart following your passion and through that you have an overflow that goes into service through your 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 sharing of content of like life lessons, lessons learned, as well as your inclination to want to teach and teach other drone pilots. And then just living like an incredibly, incredibly passionate and interesting life with all the jobs that you're taking on and doing and the projects that have the meaning that each project carries with them as well. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. In the show notes, I will like list out all the ways people can connect with you because I really think she, y'all should connect with her. She's got. <laughs> she has great yeah, things. Yeah, reach out to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you know, for your the page. What do you call your page? I mean, I know it's Danielle Delion, but you had a word. You use like a phrasing for that type of yeah, sharing. I forget. the
0: human apparatus.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, the human apparatus. And I think anyone can. Anyone who's interested in that part of the journey doesn't matter if you're into drones or not. You can just learn from that type of sharing. Um, with these last thoughts, like. Do you have like a message on your heart that you would want to share? Like Utilize this platform, however it is, that you would want to share and put into the world?
0: You know, number one, feel connected. Start to learn to feel in, in yourself. Mm-hmm. Feel connected with yourself. Two, access a way to act creatively in life. Become a problem solver. Engage with your life in a creative way and then start to consider things on a larger scale, start to consider spreading this consciousness as a collective, mm-hmm. with other people in your life, getting that word out. I think that each of us have to embody our uniqueness mm-hmm. and our soul, as you say, soulful blueprint mm-hmm. to this world, and then share that with others. Yes. Just be an influence of positive thinking, or some sort of constructive mentality to other people, and that's how we're going to change the world completely. Oh, yes. I
1: I agree one thousand percent. We are here to push the needle on our own journey, and we're also here to serve in any way that we can help the collective move forward, whatever that looks like, whatever form it takes through our vessel and in our creativity. So again, thank you so much, Danielle, thank for coming you. on. I so appreciate
0: it. I'm so excited to share this with others. Yeah, I can't wait to share your podcast. Thanks for
1: having
0: me. Yes.
1: The music on the podcast is a song I fell in love with called We Are the Love We Give by Imaginary Future. It's available everywhere music is sold.